right, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for uh, tuning in to uh, this month's podcast. Um, it is our annual, now that we can say annual since it's, we've done it uh, last year, we're going to do it again this year. It's our annual 2016 year-end tasks. Right? These are tasks that we have uh, put together for you in order to, number one, uh, make your year-end closeout successful. And by successful, I mean painless. These are things that you have to do. You don't necessarily want to do them, but what they will do is they will close out your books. They will help you transition into the new year successfully, and they will also enable your CPAs that are doing your year-end taxes. They will enable them to have the easiest way of making sure that they maximize your taxable benefits. Um, today, I've got myself, Matt Benini, as well as our entire training crew. Um, so they are all here. Why don't I introduce each one? We've got, first up... Michelle O'Neill. And Michelle, how long have you been with RSI? Uh, I've been with RSI almost three years. It, almost three years. All right. And uh, next up? John Holmes. John. And John is our, our rookie of the group. Uh, you've been with RSI, what, about three days? Yeah, about three days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, about three months, exactly. Three months? Jason Gottesfeld. Yep. And Jason, how long have you been here? A little over a year and a half. Nice. And our captain of the squad, James Green. James James Green, been with our side about four and a half years. Nice. Dave Downs, uh, been here for almost three years also. Nice. Mark Steed, and I've been here so long I don't remember, so around about <laughs> six or so, or plus, yeah. plus or minus. Nice. And Bernie O'Brien, and I've been here for three years. All right. And then we, we, we pour out a little for our, our, our missing our missing trainers. So we've got uh, we've got Julie who unfortunately couldn't make it today, but she's with us. And and, uh, and uh, so for those of you uh, listening to the podcast that work with Julie, she is definitely still part of, of the team. Who else are we? Brian, Brian. Brian McKay. Brian McKay. Brian McKay, who is on the phones right now. Yep. So uh, he's making it so that you can listen to this podcast. <laughs> All right. So let's take a step back. All right. We're, do, we're going to go ahead and we're going to break out. Every trainer is going to take a little shot at going over the, the 2016 year-end review tasks. Uh, the biggest thing that we want you to uh, understand at this point is that everything that we are going to go over today is under the alert section on the website. Uh, that is the first thing that you need to know. The second thing that you need to know is that many, if not all, of these tasks are date-driven. There are very specific deadlines, and we don't cook up these deadlines. The deadlines are usually determined by our good friends at the Internal Revenue Service, Department of Revenue, or your various city and state regulators. So please pay attention to the calendar. All right, please pay attention to the deadlines. And above all else, if you don't understand what we are talking about, please, please pick up the phone and call us. We are here to assist you in any way possible. So, to ensure a trauma-free transition for both you and your RSI team, right, as we turn the corner into the new year, here is our checklist. The first area of opportunity is payroll, right? So payroll, we're gonna address paychecks that are never cashed. Michelle, do you wanna jump on paychecks that are never cashed and what to do with them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you may have, over the course of the year, had some checks stale date, especially if you're in a tip credit state and you have employees who never cash their paycheck. If this wasn't reconciled through bank reconciliation, now's a good time to get us a list. We can avoid that, make sure that all the W-2s, payroll histories for your team are correct and ready to go. Uh, likewise with AP, if you have something, an entry in RSI that didn't go down the way you entered it, 
based on your bank reconciliations or what you know. Um, now's a good time to get into cash management, review your expenses as well as things on your balance sheet, and get us a list over so we can make corrections. Great. So taking a step back, let's talk a, a little bit about stale dated checks. I think it's important for our, our clients, especially the clients that haven't had experience with stale dated checks, to understand what they are. Right? You said something that was pretty important. So why, Dave, let me ask you a question. Why are stale dated checks prevalent in tip credit states? Tip credit states, they're usually for service and bartenders that are making tips. Uh, they'll get those 30 cent or $13.09 checks and they just get accumulated up in a drawer. Uh, and they never never t bother taking them to the bank. Now with phones, uh, being able to take phone uh, a picture on your phone and deposit it in your bank account is becoming a little bit less common, but we're still seeing a ton of those never get cashed uh, because they're such small amounts. It doesn't make sense for them to, to go to the bank. That's right. So stale dated checks for you guys playing the home game, right? These are checks that have not been cashed. Usually it's in tip credit states because the individuals wind up living on their tips pr primarily and not on their paychecks. Uh, for anybody listening from Washington State, this will not affect you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as sad as that is to say. Um, I'd like to throw in something on sure. that. It's great, actually, to start out the new year, especially if you haven't been doing this already, is to keep an eye on that and manage that through the cash management function on the home page, under bank breaks and cash management. This will help you see when those checks are coming up, when they pass the date of stale date, you can take care of all of that instead of being slammed with this at the end of the year. Perfect. Jason, thanks for that. I appreciate it. So along with stale dated checks, John, do you want to go ahead and take on uh, check replacements? Yeah, check replacements are actually checks that were never cashed for whatever reason, um, but they were instead replaced by paying that person with cash. What would be a situation that would where you would have a check that was never cashed, but then you turned around and paid somebody out in cash. What would be a situation where that would apply? Maybe where you let somebody go and you wanted to pay them right off the bat. Um, sometimes you can't get the check quick enough over the weekend or for multiple different reasons, but you want to pay them cash just to make them happy instead of getting the correct net pay. Perfect. So basically, if you have any checks that have not been cashed and you know you paid them out in cash separately or in any other way, Right, you, you need to go ahead. And you need to get those off your pl off your plate as well. All right, um, let's deal with the third way, John. Why don't you go ahead and just take the uh, the third one as well? Checks issued in error. Uh, the checks issued in error. That's uh, checks. Any checks that are issued to an employee that it's never worked ever. Yep. So why would we have a check issued to somebody who never worked? Doesn't that seem crazy to all of us that somebody would actually cut a check to somebody who never worked? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it does. Absolutely. But why is it on this list? Every once in a while, because it happens. <laughs> because it happens. Yeah, every once in a while, somebody be punched in the point of sale and you didn't catch it, and they, yeah. they're still an active employee. They just get a check in a in a year, and you need to avoid those those earnings because they never earn them. Yep. So for all of you that are listening to this podcast who just rolled your eyes, I want you to remember that these items show up on these on this year end task list because they do happen. All right. So once again, we've got stale dated checks, check replacements and checks issued in error that all need to be cleared. And you heard it from Michelle and you heard it from Jason. The cash management system is a great way for you to identify these, right, and get them off your list so that when you turn the corner into the new year, we don't have any outstanding checks. It's also important to know that as well as this alert, we, as well as the documents that on this alert, we also have a calendar that's going to show you when the deadlines are. And we also have an Excel workbook. So as we're looking at every section here, you're going to be prompted to go into the Excel workbook and write down or document 
each section. So for the payroll section, you're going you're gonna to go ahead and you're going to complete the payroll section of this workbook and turn that in into a support request. All right, onward and upward. Let's talk about W-2 headaches and how to avoid them. All right. So, Jason, why don't you take on the first section of uh, W-2 headaches and how to avoid them? All right, addresses and Social Security numbers. You want to make sure that you, all your staff's addresses, Social Security numbers, email addresses uh, have all been verified. A great way to do this is make sure they're actually able and have gotten onto and are familiar with the RSI shift side of the website. If they don't know that and they're just confused about it, that's going to cause a lot more headaches for you in the future. Get on it as early as possible. Hand them out the packets that we send to you about intro to shifts in English and in Spanish. Let them know how they can get on it so we can start seeing errors before they happen. Obviously, somebody moves, you're going to need to get that information, new email addresses, stuff like that. Through the RSI shifts part of it, if they're currently looking at it or they've checked their pay stubs through it and they're familiar with the site, this shouldn't be as daunting as a task as it actually seems to you right now. A good way to do it if you're, uh, I, I think if you're still handing out paychecks and you haven't adopted to uh, payday cards or direct deposit is to make certain that uh, you, as you're handing out the paychecks that you're verifying the addresses of the individuals. Um, and if not, then uh, you should uh, you should definitely uh, run around. I, I always did it with the uh, check register and I would just check people off and, and, and put that on there. So once again, the reason you want your addresses and your social security numbers correct is because at the end of the day, you want to make sure if you have to mail anything out, you're mailing it to the right place. The Social Security numbers, the reason that you want those correct is for the obvious reason you want the W-2 to be correct. But even more over, all right, is uh, you do not want to have to issue a W-2C, which is a correction to the W-2. Um, why? Because it will charge you, uh, it being RSI, will charge you $50 per W-2. Right, so we're giving you every opportunity to avoid fifty dollars per occurrence for a W two C charge. All right, um, let's go ahead and let's tackle the ACA W two reporting requirements, James. Yeah, absolutely. So for employers this year with fifty or more full time equivalents uh, that are you know part of shared shared ownership, um, the healthcare needs to be reported for those employees on those W two. So we need to know the total cost of the employee's coverage. Um, you know, by, by the deadline that, that's stated, you know, to get those on the W-2 this year. Yep, and so I want to add a little bit to that. Uh, you know, for those of you who, who, who are subject, as in what we call uh, uh, the ALE, the, the large employer, um, and whether your broker is asking you for this information or whether you're using a third-party service like Navigate, um, where we send the data to them and they will populate the data. It is, you, you, I want everybody to understand that's listening to the podcast, we do not do the 1094 and 1095 reporting. That is up to your broker. It's up to your third party. We do, however, supply the data. So if you have, if you, if you, if you have questions, please reach out to us um, and we will do what we can to help you out uh, with regards to that reporting. Uh, once again, uh, refer to the 2016 year-end worksheet, the ACA tab, um, for your required layout. All right. Let's go ahead and let's move down to AP. Uh, vendor AP checks. Dave. 
Yeah, so this is pretty similar to those uncashed payroll checks. Uh, maybe a number of different different scenarios where checks uh, or checks were either issued by RSI or recorded in RSI that will not uh, clear your bank account as they intended to. Uh, getting those cleaned up and voided out at the end of the year, uh, reissuing. If vendors have have, if you did issue a check, it went to the vendor, but it never got cashed. Uh, in certain circumstances, we may have to reissue those as well. So just kind of getting all that cleaned up to make sure number one, your all your cost of goods are in line for the for the year and everyone's all your vendors are happy and getting paid to perfect 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 what's a good practice dave as you go along through the year what's a good practice to do to to avoid any situations with clean having to clean up ap checks yeah similar to that payroll function using that cash management feature can really help you help you knock and knock those out and stay on top of them um uh, a couple other strategies. I mean, re- removing vendor terms can be one for some for some businesses. Uh, cutting paper checks, looking into alternative ways to pay vendors too, to to make sure that there isn't such a, a nightmare cleanup at the end of the year. Yeah, no, and I think you touched on a couple good things. I also am a big fan of the buy vendor view, so that when you get a statement in at the at the end of the period, to go ahead and review the buy vendor view, so that you can match the statement up to the buy vendor view and check off, uh, making sure that the, that those have been uh, squared away. So uh, fantastic there. And let's go ahead, Mark. It looks like you get 1099s. <laughs> what a so, guess. Yeah. <laughs> you called that, you called that up front. Yeah, that was up front there. Uh, well, 1099s, actually, this is kind of, it's an easy one. Um, what I recommend is at the very beginning, when you have these vendors, could be private individuals, companies that you have to report the income over $600, is at the beginning, give them a W-9. Go ahead and give them that up front before you give them the first payment. That way you're not chasing them at the end of the year. I was just talking to a client today. Um, they're coming on service with us January 1st, and he's having to um, find bands and all these other entertainers he had throughout the year in December, and it's almost impossible because they're all on gigs and doing stuff. But just give it to him up front. You know, your responsibility is reporting anything over $600. Go ahead and check that box. If you check the box, make sure you have the information that's always the easiest. If not, we'll give you a warning towards the end of the year that you haven't filled this out to make sure that you need these 1099s. Um, prepare for you. If you do, just do a support request, let us know. Um, there's a slight fee for that, but it's a little bit uh, easier for us to prepare that. We'll prepare a list for you. You can go review that list. If you have to add to it, sometimes you may have done some cash paid outs and things that we need to add to that that didn't get into the vendor profile. We'll get that on and get those prepared for you. So pretty so, simple. Yeah, so let's take a step back. Um, first and foremost, I think for with regards to 1099s, I want everybody to, to, to pay attention that 1099s need to be completed by December 23rd. So 1099s need to be completed by December 23rd. All right. If you're going to have RSI, complete your 1099s. If, if you're going to if you're going to fill them out on the website and you want us to process the 1099 paperwork for you, we charge $15 per 1099. Okay. And, and as Mark said, it doesn't have to be painful. All right. The best thing to do preventative maintenance-wise is to give them a W-9 up front and have them fill out the information, especially if you're a venue that does a lot of bands or uh, or has individuals that work for you that, uh, I shouldn't say work for you, rather, you have individuals that come on in or come on out that are entertainment-wise or do contracting work or what have you that require either their, their EIN numbers or their Social Security numbers. Um, one fun fact about 1099s that I want to bring up. For any venue that uses a bouncer uh, or security, do not 1099 these individuals. Right? These individuals need to be on your payroll. And this comes up every year. I see individuals that, uh, that are bouncers or security or some form of enforcement, 
and you want to 1099 them. The reason that you don't want to 1099 them is because if if they actually have to do their job and they get into a scrape with somebody, right, your insurance, right, will not cover them if they are not an employee of you. So what happens is this starts the lawsuit roll-up. So please, 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 for the sake of paperwork, take those individuals and put them on payroll. All right. Anybody else have anything on 1099 you want to add? The W-9 is in the file cabinet on the support tab. I always like to point that out, too, just because some people kind of forget about that part of the website. Great. All right. So, once again, the uh, W-9 is in the uh, file cabinet on the support tab. All right. So, now we're going to move on to bank reconciliation and my favorite account, 7860, also known <laughs> by us as the Land of Misfit Toys. All right. Bernie, why don't you describe to us... What 7860 is. Okay. Well, first of all, you, you don't want to ever have anything go to 7860. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do, at the end of every period, all your unanswered bank reconciliation questions uh, will be posted to 7860. Okay. It'll be your responsibility to go back in and answer those. And as you know and you read on your bank reconciliations, there'll be a fee for that. So number one takeaway is no 7860. Uh, bank reconciliation is such an important piece um, to miss anything, uh, to, to, to take care of anything that has been missed. Uh, but the best practice throughout um, each period, throughout the year, is to verify that you are entering everything into RSI to ensure that you have accurate weekly financial statements. By doing that and not having bank reconciliation questions at the end of every period, we don't even have to have the 7860 conversation. You know, you raise a good point, and I think it's important for, for everybody listening to know that, that things don't automatically go to 7860, all right? You actually have several stop signs that you have to drive through before you drive yourself over the cliff, all right, on 7860. And, you know, 7860 represents every transaction that, that has a correction or an error from what you did or didn't do in the website. So, for example, James, what is one... What is one of the most common items that you see show up on 7860? I think a lot of times what you're seeing uh, hit 7860 is going to be, you know, a lot of debits and EFTs that we don't have set up on auto-generated invoices that aren't getting put into the system, um, you know, just on a, on a regular basis. If you're not looking at that bank account on a regular basis, you're seeing that. Uh, debit cards, I think, are the biggest thing, mm -hmm. is when you're using that check card and you're not getting those receipts, putting those in the system. A lot of times if you're running the store to buy some extra produce because you might be out or you're you know, running to uh, Home Depot to get something to fix something and you're just charging up on that check card, I mean, we always say cut up the check card um, because those are probably the most common transactions that aren't put in the system. So there's two important things there, all right? Number one, you, you heard James say it, all right? If you're using a debit card for transactions, cut that thing up today, all right, because it's stupid. All right, you don't get any miles for it, you don't get any cash back for it, right? And for some reason, everybody doesn't think that they have to put those transactions through the website. They are not paid outs, and they need to go into the website. So that's the first thing, all right? Second thing, what's another, Michelle, what's another common item that you see go to 7860 for individuals? Um, well, a lot of, when we're first training someone, in the training department, we really work very collaboratively with the bank reconciliation folks. And when we're first training someone on how to answer a bank rack, one of the common questions that comes up is, well, I don't know how to answer that. That shouldn't have happened. Well, we know it shouldn't have happened, but it did. So just kind of like we prefaced this, this whole podcast with, you can't be an ostrich about things. 
even if it wasn't expense that you approved or entered or can even speak to right now, it's important that you answer it on the bank reconciliation, uh, understanding you have bad debt for now too. If you can retrieve a credit, if you can reconcile whatever incorrectly left or came into your bank account, that's great. We'll show you how to enter it reverse to make that true. But if it happened on the bank rec, you can't just let it sit there. Uh, it needs to It needs to have an answer. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen on a bank rec, have you ever seen a check written for one amount but clear for another amount? Absolutely. Okay, so that's another example of a type of of unreconciled question. If you see something that you wrote a check for a certain amount and it cleared for another amount, you need to address that. So you have, number one, you have debit card transactions that go through the system. Number two, you have checks that clear for a different amount. All right. Jason, do you have a, do you have a third amount? Do you have something else that you see when you're well, working with A lines? third one that I see a lot is owners that aren't active on the site that are constantly writing checks and not informing their staff to enter them in the system. So I get a lot of, oh, the owner cut those seven checks, I didn't know anything about those. And I don't have access to the bank account to reconcile those. All right, so how do you recommend that that, that, that get under control? Either the owner has to start taking a part in his business if he's gonna be writing checks and entering those things in himself, or his management team, if you trust him to run your business, needs to have access to your bank statement so he can reconcile it through cash management catch when you do those things, get them entered into the system so your financials are actually accurate. I think the takeaway for everyone listening is that everything, every transaction that goes through RSI or does not go through RSI has to have a home. Everything. There are certain times that we will make a decision and it would be like a one-off decision and then suddenly you, you, you lose your mind and you think that you don't have to put that through, through RSI. Everything goes in. All right, everything. Another one that, that, that we know of is deposits. All right, you, you, we, re we record that you should have had a deposit on one day, and yet the deposit either clears for a different amount because you stopped off at Dunkin' Donuts, right, on the way in to buy your staff some stuff, right, All right, or B, you stopped off at Best Buy to buy yourself some stuff, right, or C, Right, you just took all the money for some one reason or another because you were going to go to Restaurant Depot or whatever, and it never made its way in there. Here's my point: anything that goes through that bank needs to go through RSI and vice versa. Jason, what were you going to say? I was going to say, or D, you just want to make the sales page be at all zeros <laughs> instead of writing down your actual deposit. You just want that numbers to be all zeros instead of having overshorts. Yes, yes, and that, and, and, and so that takes us onto a transmittal train, so people can uh, remember that. So let's all the way back to seventy-eight sixty. Here's the point. All right, you don't want anything in seventy-eight sixty. If you have something in seventy-eight sixty, you need to reach out to your your operations specialist or your bank rec specialist, and you need to clear it. And the reason you need to clear it is because when you go to do your taxes at the end of the year, you're going to be forced to clear it. All right, because all of the unreconciled transactions have an impact on the accuracy of your financial statements. Lastly, is our taxes, our tax documents, and notices. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about tax documents and notices. And I think the biggest thing to remember is that you've got to send in to RSI all your payroll and or your sales tax updates to your RSI tax specialist. All right, just attach them to a support request and, and send them in. All right, now we go ahead every year, we research 
on a quarterly basis, we research all of the, uh, the minimum wage updates, the tax, the tax updates, um, any type of payroll updates. But if you get these documents, or not if, when you get these documents, it always helps that when you get them, to send them in to us. All right? And then lastly is a Form 8027. All right? This is the IRS form that represents the employer's annual information, return of tip income, and allocated tips. So beginning January 30th, 2017, your UPS package is going to include a Form 8027. All right? You absolutely need to fill out this form and get it to the IRS by February 28th, 2017. That date has changed for this year. All right? So when you get the 8027, a lot of people, to Michelle's point, they pull an ostrich. They just stick their head down and they just think that it's complete. All right? You absolutely need to complete lines one and two on your own. And we've, as part of the alert, we put an example of the 8027 with exactly what you need to do in, in, in the alert. So, with that being said, that is a summary of the year-end tasks. And once again, not only the year-end tasks, the alert is on, is on the website, but the calendar of your due dates is on the website, and the Excel workbook is on the <coughs> website as well, so that you have one convenient place to go through and, and, and put everything down and submit it in a support request. If you have any questions, as always, you reach out to the RSI Operations Specialist, as well as your tax specialist, or anybody else at RSI. So, um, with our last remaining minutes, um, I thought I'd pose a question to all you guys about anything that stood out from this year that you want to communicate to our clients for next year, as far as things that somebody did and you were like, oh my gosh, I, I need to tell everybody about this. Does anybody have anything on their mind that they want to go ahead and bring up to, uh, to clients for last year? Yeah, in light of uh, in light of kind of some of my uh, some things that have happened in my life personally this year, one thing I have reminded found myself reminding a lot of my clients here in just the last few weeks and throughout various parts of the year is to really be able to celebrate some of the successes with your team and and be able to enjoy those little milestones a little bit. Um, I think that that's something that as an operator I don't believe I was good at, um, and I and I feel like that's it's an important piece of the puzzle um, that we don't often really get into a whole lot. But I thought it was something that I've I've just kind of find myself saying a lot in the last in the last few months. What do you guys see? Well, first and foremost, Dave, I think that's great. And and I and, and knowing you as a person, I don't think it wasn't that you were good at it. I just think that maybe you didn't focus on it as hard as you did. That's pretty true. So, I mean, uh, and that's what it comes down to for a lot of people. A lot of times we beat ourselves up and we play the good-bad game. It's it's not necessarily good or bad. It, it just is this is where our focus is. And, and sometimes we get so diffused with our focus that we don't... Uh, you know, we don't remember the things that are important. So I would challenge everybody for 2017 to stay in the big three. Make decisions that are good for your guest, good for your team, and that enable you to make profit. What are some of the things that you guys see coming up for next year that uh, we're starting to see from our clients? Questions that are coming in, uh, things that are coming up. What about surcharging? And the uh, are you guys are you guys having experiences with tipping versus non-tipping? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, gonna say, absolutely. Go for it. Yeah, well, I'm saying the Seattle area, definitely in the Washington State area. Um, the clients, I've had one client. They said they're going to be doing a five percent surcharge. Um, the talk in the town, others are doing twenty percent now. So it's just kind of trying to figure that out, and it's they're all scared to do it. Um, they have to do it, obviously, for for money reasons. You know, labor's so expensive, but 
you know, they're scared. They're going to scare off the, you know, the regular customer well, by I doing think, that. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. I think that I think everybody's apprehensive because nobody, you know, the benefit about being the second person across the desert is you see where the first person ran out of water. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I think that you know, there's a couple things for our clients. They've, we are seeing this on a. Uh, I don't want to use the word epidemic basis, but we see it. We are seeing it now, especially in the non-credit states. So your Californias, your Oregon's, your Washingtons, your, your states where you are, you're going to pay full boat minimum wage. So um, for the tipping, just as a reminder, we we did a podcast, complete podcast on surcharging. All right, but I think it's also important to notice, and Mark brought this up. All right, there are definite schools of thought. Right, a five percent surcharge that's distributed to the back of the house while you leave tipping in play for the front of the house. A fifteen to twenty percent surcharge for the entire staff, and you remove tipping altogether. Um, what I want everybody to remember when they're listening is that, number one, we have done the research for you. We have different scenarios. Please, please, please don't try to do the work yourself. Reach out to, a, to an operations specialist, and we will go ahead, and we will help you and assist you in any way possible to know what decision is right for your business that will not, I, I shouldn't say cost you any money, but will take the guest into consideration, take the team into consideration, and once again, taking your profit into consideration. Um, that is one of the biggest things that I see turn in the corner, is that the, uh, that the payroll, the PTOs of the world, the sick time regulations of the world, um, it was a very compliance-driven year in 2016, and it shows no signs of slowing down for 2017. Uh, so uh, hang on to your shells, ladies and gentlemen, and please, please, please lean on us. Um, if there's no other questions from anybody, I want to thank you guys. Uh, I want to wish our team a happy uh, holidays and Merry Christmas and, uh, and a great New Year. And to all of our clients, we are internally grateful for the trust that you put in us. Uh, we don't take that trust lightly, and uh, we wish you all the success for 2017. Thank you, and have a great day.